Well, hi everybody and welcome to um, another favourite Town 11. My name's Mike Bacon and, uh, well, we've been doing this feature now a couple of weeks and it's proving, that's proving so popular, we're going to just keep on going because people are loving it and it's um, it's great, it's their favourite Town 11. I must stress, favourite Town 11, please, not best 11. Um, still, people think this is our people's best 11. Well, no, it's not their best 11, it's their favourite 11. I've all got little stories as to why and I'm joined today by a man, well, he doesn't have a name. He doesn't have a doesn't have a first name. He just he just has a he just has a sort of a tab him here, a man who's been writing um, for the East Anglia Daily Times and the Green and various other publications that we're associated with for many years. He's got his if you watch it on video, he's got his Ipswich Town Union Jack in the background, which probably been all over the place. The truth is known. We'll find out in a minute. Um, it's Mr. Carl Fuller. Carl, how are you, sir? I hope you're well um, this this morning. And and how you how how's things? Hello, Mike. Yeah, really good. Thank you. Going really well. Nice and healthy and uh, looking forward to the summer and uh, looking forward to this feature. Thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure. You, you say looking forward to the summer just as the rain's hammering down outside my house. I don't know what it is at your, at your area, but. Uh... Yeah, it's pouring down. I've got the shutters closed, but um, the water might rise up to uh, window level soon. Oh gosh! Well, we oh dear. Well, we better we better we better crack on then, Carl. Before uh, before you end up swimming away there. Now look, now Carl, you bet. Let's let's do a little bio of your Ipswich Town life. Um, just tell us a little bit when you start following town, and uh, um, so we've got a rough idea what your I mean, you, you you know what your team is likely to comprise of from what sort of eras. Yeah, of course. So I started watching Ipswich in August 1978. My first game was against Liverpool. Arnold Mirren's debut that was as well. And uh, season ticket holder in the lower Sir Bobby Robson stand. Been to probably 820 odd games. And this feature, you've asked me for a favourite 11. Don't ask me how I know this, Mike, but I have seen 415 players wear the town shirt. So to pick 11 favourites and five substitutes that I'm going to sneak in out of 415 has been massively difficult. I must admit, I love, you, you, I love your stats. I mean, your stats are already filling me with with joy of this 800 and something this and 400 and something that and and the date you made, we saw your debut. So you, you just missed. So if I'm not, if my, my timings are correct, then you missed the FA Cup final. If you're August 78, you must have missed it by three months. Yeah, I did. Um, as, as you know, I'm bringing out a book in August and the very first full live game at Ipswich took part in was the FA Cup final. And I've written in the book, that if ever there was a time that I should have phoned the NSPCC as a youngster, that was the time to have done it. Because um, I don't want to give too much away, but I wasn't allowed to watch the cup final. I was only six and probably seen as a irritant. And uh, the demand was to get me away from those who wanted to watch it in the box. So uh, I don't really remember anything at all about that. Yet three months later, as you say, first game against Liverpool. I do remember being in a churchman's with lots of red and white scarves around me, wondering if I was in the wrong stand. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, look, so there we go. We look forward to, to hear what your favourite level is, Carl, from all those 400,000 million players you've seen in 800 billion games and all this sort of the other. Um, no, it's not, it's not. I'm asking, I did my favourite level, I found it very difficult to do. Um, and um, But we've had some good stuff. So anyway, well, look, let's have a look. Let's have a quick chat, um, Carl, formation-wise, what you're looking at. And uh, roughly, I mean, don't have to be too sort of high-tech about this. Some people don't like formations, but some people do. And then... Go into your goalkeeper and tell us who your goalie is. Okay, yeah. So I've only ever managed one football team and I haven't managed them since the 80s, but they won every cup and league that they ever took part in. And that was my Ipswich Town Sabutio team. 
And I only ever used a 4-3-3 formation because back in those days, we had a goalkeeper, a back four. We had Walt, Muren and Tyson in the middle and Mariner, Brazil and Gates typically up front. So that's all I knew, Mike, was a 4-3-3. So I've got no width in my side, so it might not do so well in today's game. Yet on the Sabutio field, I'm sure they'd still be quite successful. So my, my goalkeeper... Um, and it's one actually that I think you chose in your favourite 11 is Paul Cooper. And the reason I went for Paul Cooper was because in this day and age, we can all have selfies and photographs with footballers. We can just get our mobile phone out and, and job done. Paul Cooper was the first professional footballer that I met. And he was also the first professional footballer in Ipswich Town player, of course, that I had my photograph with. He attended my primary school at Kirby Cross, which is a couple of miles from Frinton-on-Sea and Walton-on-the-Nays in Essex. In about 1978-79 time, I've got no idea now, obviously, why he attended the school. But, yeah, I've got a photograph with him. It's appeared in the column. And uh, another thing I liked about that era was goalkeepers wore the same shorts and socks as the outfield players. So whenever I think of an Ipswich Town goalkeeper wearing white shorts and blue socks, I always automatically get drawn to Paul Cooper. Mostly a green top, sometimes a red top. But he was just a great goalkeeper, given his, his height wasn't the tallest as well. And should have played for England, but obviously he had Shilton, uh, Clements and Corrigan in front of him. And one last thing, my favourite ever film is Escape to Victory. And, of course, he doubled up as Sylvester Stallone. I always hoped that the director of that film, John Houston, would write a film about Ipswich's 1980-81 campaign where Sylvester Stallone could have doubled up as Paul Cooper. <laughs> that would have, have been something else, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So it's so a great, so great story about with first time you met him was sort of at a, a school, a photograph taken. I mean, that's, and these little things, what stick with people, aren't they? They, they, they stick with you. Yeah, they, they, they do. And like I say, it's so easy now to get your photo. If, if you, especially with a club like Ipswich, we can all attend the awards nights or, any other function where there might be players, we can get a photo just like that. But in those days, I suppose you probably could have got a photo, but living in Kirby, six years old, I only obviously went to watch Ipswich when my dad took me. So to have a player in my village, it, I was just so excited and it meant so much. But like I said, I just can't remember what he was there for. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure Coops wouldn't remember himself either if we if we managed to get hold of him. Anyway, he he was there, and that's the end of it. That's your goalkeeper, right? So you said four three three. Um, no width. We don't care about width. You haven't got to have width in this day. It's, it's, it's all it's all it's all rubbish anyway. The fullback should give you a width anyway. So going back to your four then, um, Carl. I mean, let's um. Well, let's. What should we go right to left? We'll start with your right back and go across. We'll, we'll all yeah. I'll leave it to you. Your team. Yeah, sounds good to me. So. My right back was born on Valentine's Day, so automatically you've got to love the bloke anyway, and, and I'm sure he's had a lot of love throughout his football career. Only ever played for two clubs, if I remember rightly, Ipswich, and then moved on to Colchester. And what I liked about this guy is he was quite short. Now, I've often heard stories over the years how footballers were let go because they were too small. And you and I go back to an era where there was uh, Brian Flynn of Wrexham, Sammy Lee of Liverpool. You know, they were great players. Didn't matter that they were small, and and this guy is sandwiched nicely between Mick Mills, John Walk, Paul Cooper, and George Burley, 
as the five most appeared Ipswich players. And if we were doing a best 11, not many people probably would name this player in their best 11. But this guy was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2013, played over 600 games for Ipswich. So how can you not like him? And that's Mickey Stockwell. Mm. Mm, I tell you that. Do you know what? That's a that's a, that's a wonderful um a wonderful little appraisal of Mickey Stockwell there, Carl. Uh, Carl, really impressive. I mean, I must admit, you, I do totally agree with you. I mean, he a, a, a legend, a legend who who probably, as you say, doesn't get the limelight, but over six hundred games for Town, tremendous. Yeah, and I mean, he made his debut in uh, oh, what was it about eighty two time? I think it was. Mm. I, I may be wrong there, but. Um, you know, he he played across some good eras. I said eighty-two. Did yeah, I can't remember Mike when it was, but it must. It I must think it's been. probably because he it's probably because he just missed out on the UEFA, t- you know, the, the cup winning team UEFA. Well, he, he's not perhaps branded in that that banded in that sort of era, but a, a tremendous servant for the town and a good, a wonderful little, wonderful little player. Played lots of different positions as well. Yeah, he did. I mean, who'd forget the goals that he scored at Wimbledon? Again, something I've written in a book. I think one of his goals, the first goal, was it? He, he was Maradona-like, wasn't he? <laughs> yes, yes. Well, Maradona is. Yes. I'm sure Mickey Stock would be like be like compared to Maradona-like. So, okay, Mickey Stock was in your back four. Who? who just give us your centre halves. Okay, so the the first one. This this is probably an obvious choice, but Town's greatest ever player, Kevin Beattie, and he's not in the team because he was the greatest ever player, but. Kevin was brilliant to me, mate. Um, I, I used to be quite well involved at my local football club, Clacton Town. And the first time I met him in the flesh, he came and presented our end of season player trophies. Brilliant guy, very funny and uh, did a really good job that night. And then he came and presented the trophies for my Sunday morning football team at the end of the season. And it was just just like Clacton Town, Ipswich Town, my Sunday team, nothing was too much to ask of him. And then when we had a 30th anniversary game, he brought his Sunday morning football team, Soft Logic, to Clacton yeah. to play my Sunday team. And uh, he had a player in that team that I'll, I'll move on to in a while that played in that game. And, and just nothing was unbelievable to, to ask of him. Um, I, I remember been around my sons once and a mate phoned me while I was there and I said oh hello Kevin and I was chatting away to him when I come off the phone my son said I was at Kevin Sons I said no that's Kevin Beatty <laughs> he said you're unbelievable you are what's Kevin Beatty doing ringing you but it, it didn't feel that way to me it, it was just a really nice guy that I could talk to and, and, and speak to he had great stories and again someone else in Escape to Victory doubling up for Michael Caine I think the thing is, there's a lot of people we listen to this. You and me were both lucky enough to see BE play. And I find a lot of, there's, there's a lot of, and really, I'm not being fine. They're not all youngsters. I mean, people under 40, I mean, not, not kids who never obviously saw him. They they must sometimes think, what is all this about Kevin Beatty? I mean, all I hear is Kevin Beatty, this Kevin Beatty. How good was he? I mean, Carl, let, it's a, it's a, I'm putting you on the spot a little bit. To, I mean, how compared with today's players, like I suppose you've got players like Van Dyke. You know, centre halves like like that that era. You know, um, Ramos at Real Madrid, and how how could you describe Kevin Beatty in that? You know, in today's climate. Yeah, I mean, I asked the same question when I was a youngster to my dad, and he would always say he was comparable to the great Duncan Edwards. Now, I never saw Duncan Edwards play, obviously. No. 
I know he's a great name. And I took my dad's word for it. And do you know what? I, I have been asked who who would Kevin Beatty com be compared to now. And I would really struggle to find anyone in today's game that you could compare Kevin Beatty to. Um, you know, he had the pace, he had the power. Again, not the tallest, but he had a great leap in him. Um, just so strong. I, I don't know, Mike. I've, I've never really thought about who, who I've seen, and is that good? I mean, as a Barcelona man, I don't really like Ramos. I think the guy's too dirty and what have you, but can't deny he's a great player. Um, yeah, I, I would struggle to answer that. I don't think there is anyone that would be fit to lace his boots. How much? How much? This is an awful question. What would you pay for him then? If so, if you were a Premier League manager and beat, he was on the market at 26 years old and say he was injury-free and fit as a fiddle, and uh, how much would you pay for him? You wouldn't pay less than a hundred million, would you? I you mean, I'd be, I'd be wanting one thirty, one fifty, maybe. Because a lot of people don't. He was, he would suit the Premier League so much, wouldn't he? He would have suited the Premier League because he was so, as you say, he wasn't just straight. He was so fast. He was. This is what people probably never saw about. But he was so quick. Everyone just thinks of defenders, but he had a turn of pace that was exceptional, wasn't it? Yeah, unbelievable. And I think I'm right in saying he never got a red card, did he? don't think he did no no so no. you know there was no dirtiness about him bearing in mind football back then was a man's sport and there was a lot yeah. more dirty tackles flying around he, he probably would get a red card in today's game <laughs> okay that's the beat the beat deservedly in uh carl fuller's uh um back four alongside who all right alongside um a guy that i've met numerous occasions most recently at a um evening with at the ipswich corn exchange um one of Ipswich's greatest ever players, England's greatest ever players, Glasgow Rangers. And what probably drew my attention to this player originally was, I was a big fan of uh, Saturday morning's swap shop, which later became Saturday Superstore. And occasionally on a Saturday morning, they would have a footballer on. And the first Ipswich Town player I recall seeing on there was Terry Butcher. And I thought, wow, he plays for Ipswich. You know, and, and obviously back in them days, I would get Shoot magazine, Match magazine, other football magazines were and are available, of course. And when I tell my kids today that Ipswich were probably only second to Liverpool in, in England for being in such limelight, they can't believe it. So to have an Ipswich player on, on main time Saturday morning TV was unbelievable. And that stuck with me. And I thought, that's Terry Butcher plays for Ipswich. And... I've since gone on and learned that he was a local lad from Lower Stuff. And every time I, I meet him, he's always another one of these that's so down to earth, got a great story. And you know that his love for Ipswich is, is as genuine as what my love is for Ipswich. Um, you know, fantastic player as well. And again, another player, a bit like Beat, that is few and far between in today's game. Yeah, I love her. That's I love your sort of um, Butch, of course, great, fantastic footballer, fantastic football. But the fact he was on multicolored swap shop is one of the main reasons as well as in your squad. It's, it's, it's just it's just a delight, Carl. That's these are the reasons we want people's favorite eleven. These are exactly why we want people's favorite eleven. Not all just because they can play football and captain England. That's a that's a sideshow compared with the fact that Butch was on multicolored swap shop. I mean, this is what it's all about. No, hey. Butch would be in most people's best 11 as well. Right, yeah. right very, very close when he's so as well as that. So, right, Beatty and Butcher. Do you know what? That's a combination. That is Beatty. I don't know which. Oh God, they're both left footed, really, aren't they? Or well, Beatty could play right foot as well. But they'd be, but they'd be, they'd be fantastic. So, 
Beatty and Butcher. So who's on the left then? Who's on the left back? Um, well, I, yeah, okay. So, you know, yesterday I had to make a late tactical switch on this position. Um, I had originally gone for Mauricio Tarico, which I know is, is, is your choice at left back. And uh, I've got no reason to not have him in my side other than the guy that I've replaced him with. Um, I've got a story about. So back in the day, I used to do player interviews for the fans in those were the days, including beat actually. And uh, I interviewed this player and became reasonably good friends with him. And he used to take me out to nightclubs in Ipswich, took me to a nightclub. I can't remember what it was called back then one evening. And one of his good friends was a Norwich player. And, and I had to question him about it and, and say, should we be in his company? You know, and I could see, other, I presume, town fans looking on as if to say, well, that's an Ipswich player, brilliant, you know, he's here tonight, but he's with a Norwich player. And uh, I, I kind of had to pretend I weren't with them every now and then if I got too close to the Norwich player. But and, and this player uh, he used to pick me up and take me to different places. But what was cool about him was he used to, as town lined up for kickoff, typically as today we would kick down the uh, churchman's end in the first half, showing the age there, churchman's. And he used to turn around and wave to me. He knew where I sat and I'd always wave. And after a while, my friends around me would say, why do you wave every home game just as we're about to kick off? I said, because one of the players is waving to me. And they were like, rubbish, you know, that's not true. So I told him who it was. And they would see him turn around and wave to me before every kick. So we'd always have a little wave, you know. And that is Jamie Clapham. It's Jamie Clapham. Well, yeah. well, he's a terrific player, Jamie. Clay. Lovely little story there. I don't know we've got a little story for all these players. It's, it's very, very, I'm very pleased. Very, It's lovely to hear all these little stories. You have the nightclub with Jamie Clapham and, and said Norwich player who we won't reveal. And you re refuse to talk to him and near ruin the whole evening by refusing to, to enjoy yourself in this nightclub <laughs> with this Norwich player. <laughs> yeah. So, good Ipswich fan, Carl. Good Ipswich town stuff. And what you'll gather throughout my side is I've got players from the good era of the 70s and 80s. I've got uh, Jamie Clapham from the 2000 uh, Wembley mm. win. I've got players from the 91-92 season. So these go across lots of eras as well. So and I feel that's important. You know, it's quite easy to jump straight in on the 80-81 side because they're all favourites at the end of the day, aren't they? Yeah. But you've yeah. got to mix it up a little bit. Big throw, Jamie Clapham, didn't he? Had a, had a, had a yeah, long yeah. Throw. It, it was a good, good, good all round player, good steady mm. player, and a bit like Mickey Stockwell, always a seven out of ten player at least. Okay, so I'm just, I'm just working out. So, so we've gone, we've gone, what we've gone, Cooper in goal, Stockwell, Beatty, Butcher, Clapham. We yep. moved to the midfield, we moved into the, in the, the heart of the team where the, where all the, where the goodness is about to be sort of mixed up and, and portrayed. Good defenders, goal scorers. Setting up, setting up moves. Go on, there. Are you going for? You go for three in the middle. Are you going right to left? You, you, you tell me, Carl. Um, I think these are all central players. To be fair, so they'll all be on top of each other. But they've sort it out. They've got, they've got the quality to sort it out between them as who's going to go a little bit right and left. What I do, I start with a, a homegrown player, and again, an agonising decision, a bit like the uh, Clap and Tarico scenario. I had two players that I just could not make up my mind. They're both homegrown players. And in the end, I, I stuck one on the bench. And uh, I don't mean that disrespectfully. <laughs> but the, the homegrown player I'm going to go for is somebody that left the club, came back and was 
just as a joy to watch in sort of both eras. And he also won me a lot of money. First time I ever went to Millwall's old den, 91-92 um, season. And uh, I didn't really understand what Millwall and their problems could have been like. And there was a pub near the ground and I saw guys walking in with blue and white colours on and sussed up blue and white Ipswich hat on Thought you know, I was going into a pub with Ipswich fans. But they turned out to be Millwall fans. So I took the hat off, pretended I was looking for someone and walked out. And I got into the ground and there was one of these little uh, betting booths. I better not name the company who it was. And when I saw this player on there was 16 to 1 to score the first goal, I thought I'll have a couple of quid on that, which was a lot of money in 1992. And uh, lo and behold, he scored the first goal of the game, scored lots of goals that season. And like I say, homegrown player, brought lots of great memories back to us. And uh, that is Jason Dizel. Ah, Jason Dizel. Great, great, great player Jason was. Had some great times with Ipswich Town. Of course, won the, won the second division title in, uh, in, in to get us up in 92, to get us up into the into the premiership. And of course, he was a fine player. He really was a fine player, Jason. I think a lot of people, again, don't, don't realise that. It's interesting you said when he came back, he was good as well, wasn't he? He was indeed, yeah. My favourite memory is when he scored at Anfield, when we lost 3-2 in the mm. FA Cup replay. The next day, there was a photo in one of the national newspapers and he was pointing towards the Ipswich fans and both feet were off off the ground and it was like he was walking on air after that as many of us were when he scored yeah that was great wasn't it yeah Ipswich lost that match unfortunately but it was a great it was a cracking game we all really enjoyed it Ipswich really put themselves on the map there that day at Anfield in the FA Cup so uh so does so Dozer is in Dozer is in right yeah Dozer's in alongside him um one of the best captains Ipswich have ever had a fantastic person, great player. Again, I don't think he ever got sent off, and I doubt he got very many yellow cards. Um, and this is a player from a more modern era, albeit probably 20 years ago now. And if I didn't love the bloke enough as it was, he's agreed and has written the foreword for my forthcoming book. So he's gone up another notch and... Uh, there wouldn't be an Ipswich fan out there who, who wouldn't love this bloke, even if they didn't have him in their favourite 11. And of course, he is the last man to lift a trophy for Ipswich, and that is Captain Fantastic Matt Holland. Captain Fantastic Matt Holland. That's great. It's enough plugs for your book, by the way, Carl. Thank you very much. We'll do all that. Oh, yeah, sorry. Then. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, no, no, joking. I'm joking. No, you have plenty of them. Uh, oh, well, Matt, I mean, Matt Holland, yeah, gentleman on the... Well, what gentleman on the pitch? Not because it's been a gentleman. Just... People he used to go obviously at the end of a game, didn't he? Used to go around applauding all the fans and stuff like that. And and he used to think, what a nice guy. Is he really like this in real life? Well, he is, isn't he? He he is. He's unbelievable. Now, I mentioned seeing seeing Terry Butcher recently at, at the um the night with and Matt Holland did that with Terry Butcher. And uh he he he's on the community trust board now as well, isn't he? Yeah. You you know that Matt Holland loves Ipswich as well you know he, he wasn't a homegrown player and going back to when I said about Mickey Stockwell I believe Matt Holland was released by West Ham again for being too small so mm. you know what what a gain it was for Bournemouth Ipswich Charlton that was West Ham's loss in the end because he would have been good enough to play for West Ham well I was headed to the green now he's getting invited to have functions and stuff to to uh, present some prizes or just be there and I was always looking for a draw prize and I often used to go to Matt and say, can he get us a shirt or could he get something? But never, never let me down. Maybe he might give me a Republic of Ireland shirt. 
um, sign he signed. So always a good man and, and and very much a good man. True, true Ipswich. I say true Ipswich legend, I think, without a doubt, Matt Holland. Oh, without a doubt. And, and also you say about Ireland, I think he played 33 games for Ireland yeah, while at right. Ipswich. Including World Cup. World Cup. Yeah. Goal. Scored in the World Cup. So it Okay, is. so you've got Dozer and Matt Holland. Who's the other man uh, in that? In the, uh, in okay, the so this is my favourite all-time Ipswich player. Oh and, wow! Uh, this is this is wow. That's a big statement yeah, there. Carl. This is a creme de la creme of, of favourite Ipswich players, and uh, there'll be few that would disagree with me, I'm sure. And um, going back to um, Kevin Beatty's soft logic, son decided to come and played against my team. So not only is this guy my favourite ever player, but I, I also played against him, and he would have been mid to late forties by then. I hope I don't want to do him disservice and you know he was only like 20 but um I can remember soft logic breaking down the left wing and I I was playing at left back so of course I got drawn towards the uh penalty spot if you like and there wasn't a soft logic player anywhere near me and I thought well if this cross comes over my keeper doesn't claim it I've got all the time in the world to chest it down header it away do what I want really cross comes over our keeper's nowhere and I thought, well, this is mine then. And before I knew it, the ball's in the back of the net. <laughs> and I thought, how the hell has that happened up in there? There wasn't a soft logic player anywhere near me. And it was just a typical goal from a midfielder who timed his run to perfection. And another little story which I bring in when I get to one of my attackers, I had a perfect evening with this guy. And um, again, a pure gentleman to meet, talk to, but a superb footballer for Ipswich, Liverpool, Scotland, and that is the greatest ever midfielder in the English game, in my opinion, John Walk. Oh, that's the, that's a heck of a build-up there, Carl. If he's ended up being the greatest midfielder of all time, I think it's in the world for a minute there, but I mean... Walkie was special, wasn't he? He was a yeah. very, very special player. I don't think we'll ever see... Well, we're going to see an Ipswich Town midfielder score... Third, was he really getting that 81 to 38 goal, 36 goal, something? 36, I think, yeah. And he went and scored 30 for Liverpool in, in a season from midfield. And that's why I say the yeah. greatest player midfielder ever in the English game because yeah. you won't see any player, I don't think, in the Premier League scoring 30 goals nowadays from midfield. If, if, if strikers in the Premier League get 20, 21 goals, they're hailed as outstanding contributions, not which, of course, it is, has been. But for a midfielder, tremendous stuff. Walk is in the middle. So your midfield is Dazelle, Holland and Walk. Very nice, too. Let's uh, let's. Well, they've got it. They've either got, I was going to say they've got to set them up for the for the strikers, but they'll, they'll score a shed load between themselves. But anyway, who's up front then, Carl? OK, so I'm going to start with. A player that probably didn't play as many games for Ipswich as we hope, because as soon as he announced himself with his explosiveness, his goals, um, of course, he, he, he was poached off us by bigger clubs. Um, we'll all remember this guy for a hat-trick on the last day of the season against Middlesbrough when we won 4-0. And it wasn't just that hat-trick that we remember him for. Uh, I've picked out two other goals. One against Watford, uh, September 88, my first season as an Ipswich season ticket holder, my lad. And he got two in the same season in a 3-1 win at home to Bournemouth, which were equally just as stunning because they were from, well, at least one of them was from 30-odd yards. And that, of course, is the legend that was Dalian Atkinson. Mm. And I've got a great story quickly about that Middlesbrough game. I was 16, 15, 16, and I was 
at that age where I was allowed to go to football with my mates, no longer with my dad. And we never had the money to get to Ipswich from Walton on the Nays or Frinton on the Sea. So we used to bunk the train and we always got away with it, apart from on that particular day when we got on a train at Walton and a guard came to check our tickets and kicked us off because we didn't have any. So we had enough money to catch a bus to Kirby Cross, which is three stops on the train line from Walton on the Nays. And kept our fingers crossed that this guard wouldn't be on the train then. And of course he wasn't. So we managed to get to Ipswich without having to pay. And uh, I hope no one from Greater Anglia watches this and, and can retrospectively charge me. But what it meant was we didn't get to the game until about five minutes in. So I nearly missed that game. But he scored that hat-trick against a defence that had Gary Pallister in it, who was obviously a good player back then. But yeah, Daley and Atkinson, I mean... Again, nowadays, he'd be worth 30, 40 million at least in his prime, wouldn't he? He was very fast. He was very quick, very skillful player. Um, and as you said, oh, he was he, he was a really good player. That's a nice favourite, actually, player to have in your team. I think that's a classic reason we do this these favourite 11s, because that's he, he was a fan's favourite with, with many. But he, he was a delightful striker. And yeah, he'd be worth a fair few bob now, wouldn't he? Gosh, he, he was. Yeah, he would. He, he would. Scored, scored in... Didn't he not score the first Premier League goal at Portman Road as well for Aston Villa before Gavin Johnson equalised? Well, he may well, well yeah, that certainly was the Premier League first year. Gavin Johnson scored in that game. It was 1-1, wasn't it? it was, it was. Actually got the goal, did he? Did he really yeah. for Villa? Oh, well, yeah, there sure you go. he did. And, yeah. yeah, you may well. Well, we'll have to check our record books as soon as we as soon we as will. As soon as this is over, we'll go to check. Fantastic. So, Atkins, Daly Atkinson, good choice. Good choice. Right. Yeah. Who's alongside up front with uh, Daly? Who's okay. going to surely, surely he could be a bit of width, mind you, Daly. I might, dare, I, dare I put that in? Yeah, he could could do that as well. Now, my, my other two strikers are on a par almost with each other. I, I could plump for either one uh, to begin with. But I'm going to go for another guy that did not play for England and should have done. Um, he ended a season as the highest English goal scorer in, in the Premier League. Um, paid back his transfer fee, let's say, with, with his semi-final playoff goals at uh, Bolton and uh, one goal at Wembley as well. And another guy that I did an interview with, and when you, you're knowing your job, Mike, that when you interview these footballers, you get to learn a bit more about the person as well as the footballer. And you can judge fairly quickly how, how nice they are and how genuine they are. They've got time for you. Um, and I'm obviously talking about Marcus Stewart, and we'll all remember him for his gloves that he used to wear. And uh, he, he did have a love as well for fridge magnets. And I, I gave him one from Clacton-on-Sea when I interviewed him, whether that made his fridge or not, we'll never know. That probably made his day that day you gave it to him, <laughs> though, Carl, I dare say. But, I mean, oh, Marcus was – I was lucky enough to work with him when he uh, was our Greenham columnist, as you, as you know. And uh, one, he was down-to-earth, a down-to-earth guy who actually I've done some stuff with in the last few years, really. Uh, you know, and, and we all have. Andy Warren did a wonderful piece for the Wembley 2000 um, sort of anniversary. Or and he's still got as much time for us now, for us, for people now as he had then. He was a very down to earth guy, Marcus Stewart. Fantastic. Yeah, I'm helping someone uh, get their Ipswich memorabilia signed, and I've got con I've got contact with Marcus, and I messaged him, and he said, "Yeah, no problem at all." And you know, it, 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 some footballers would not would not reply, would they? You know, the fact that he replied mm. was was good, and yeah, it, he's helped us out there. Um, should have played for England that season, you know. Uh, no disrespect to Michael Ricketts, but how did he get an England call-up when Marcus didn't? 
That was crazy. I know it was it was a bizarre time, wasn't it? Bizarre time how Marcus never got that nod. Um, a little shout out to the southwest branch of Ipswich fans, by the way, here, because I know Marcus has come and done some talks down there in the south. My friend Steve Mellon down there and, and all the crew at the southwest branch. I know Marcus has, has, has still gone down there, even in most recent of years, to, to, to chat to him. It, it's funny, isn't it? When you talk about favour, this is classic, this is. Marcus Stewart appears on a lot. Of, we've done three or four of these already, and Marcus Stewart is right up there with nearly everybody. Um in, in, in such a short period of time. So, Dalian Atkinson, Marcus Stewart, who else? And this this guy, uh, I had the pleasure of meeting four years ago. Uh, he had a surprise 65th birthday in Ipswich, and his friend who organised it had uh, invited my good friend Kevin Payne to the dart player along and said to Kevin that you, you can bring a guest. Kevin's favourite Ipswich player, I believe, of all time is Paul Mariner. And when he said, you know, do you want to come along as a guest? Well, <laughs> it, it, I've led Ipswich out as, as a community champion onto the pitch. I was at Wembley in 2000. I was in Helsingborg for the UEFA Cup. They're all up there as greatest memories. But to be at Paul Mariner's surprise 65th birthday party was unbelievable. There was only 16 of us there. Oh, wow. And I'll go back to uh, Terry Butcher when I said a, a bit of another story a bit later on. Butcher and Walk were there. So Walk's my all-time favourite Ipswich player, followed by Butcher and Mariner. So for me, to be in the company of these three great players, when you see on television an evening with, and whoever that is, you know, people obviously pay to go and sit in the audience, I would pay... 150 200 pound to spend an evening with these three players i got that night free as well as a free meal and free drinks and at the end of the evening they were telling us stories and i felt sorry for john walt because they kept coming back to england in the world cup and uh they talked about 82 and butch said you'd gone home by this time walkie <laughs> and then they talked about the 86 world cup and and butcher against maradona and butcher said you didn't even make this one walkie, you know, and they kept, they kept piling on them walkie. Um, but again, what a gentleman Paul Mariner was. Um, mm. He didn't know me. He knew Kevin, obviously, through Kevin's job, but he, he didn't know me. But he talked to me the same as he did Kevin. He asked me about my time of watching Ipswich and what my favourite games and memories were. And uh, what a massive loss lost to life as well for us all mm. when when Paul sadly passed away. You know, what an absolute legend that guy was. And, well, we talk about all these players I've mentioned so far and how much they'd be worth. Mariner, another 100 million plus, plus player in today's market. Very good. Mariner, this is, <clears throat> I was speaking to somebody about Mariner the other week. I, was, I, I think I wrote in my column, actually. I was talking, if I had to compare him, which there are, I don't think I can compare because that's, that's the wrong word to use. A lot, the way Harry Kane plays right now, when he's on his very, very best, Harry Kane, when he comes and gets the ball, when he passes, spreads the ball wide, gets in the box, can score with header shot, that's as close, but it isn't the same as Paul Mariner. But that's as close as I can think, right, if you wanted to give us... I don't know if you agree with that, Carl, or not. Do you, do you see slight similarities? Yeah, I, I, you're totally right, Mike. I think if you mix in Harry Kane, talk, talking of recent Premier League, well, say recent, over the Premier League era, if you mix in Harry Kane with perhaps the goal-scoring prowess of Alan Shearer. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I suppose those two mixed together you get a Paul Mariner yeah right there you go. that's a what, what, a what a player he was then hey a little bit of um 
Fantastic. But Harry Kane, Alan Shearer mixed again. You've got Paul Maron. That sums it up. Fantastic yeah. player. Right. So that's your 11. Carl Fuller, just before we go on your substitutes and your manager, just rattle off that 1 to 11 again. Just let us let us listen with glee to these wonderful Ipswich Town names. OK, sure enough. So in goal, we've got Paul Cooper. We've got the back four of Mickey Stockwell, Kevin Beattie, Terry Butcher, Jamie Clapham. A very tight central midfield three of Johnny Walk, Matt Holland, Jason Dazell. We've got the explosive Dalian Atkinson up front with the mercurial Marcus Stewart and the magnificent Paul Mariner. Oh, some wonderful little sort of words putting in there. You're making you're you start to get very posh words now, Carl. I, I like that. I like it a lot. What a team that is. Terrific. What a terrific team that is. Now, be, let's, look, let's just rattle through substitutes because um, you've decided to have five, which is extremely greedy, but we'll let you off. Go on. Uh, uh, five substitutes and just, just a word about a couple of them. Yeah, OK. So in goal, Craig Forrest. I love Craig Forrest. Great player and I loved him so much. I named one of my sons after him. Wow. And Yeah, so... Well. That, that 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 sums Craig Forrest up in words. I've already said I had to put Tariko on the bench. He was in my starting eleven, but I had no personal story to attach to Tariko as I did with Jamie Clapham. So that's the only reason Tariko's there. I've mentioned Arnold Muren. He uh, played in the very first game that I saw. Probably like me, wondered what the, he was doing there really. <laughs> um, and yeah, I heard you say in, in your your uh, favourite 11 talk, how can you have players like Arnold Muren on the bench? But, <laughs> you know, he's there. Kieran Dyer, he, he was the one that I agonised over putting in, but went for Jason Dezel ahead. Kieran Dyer, homegrown player. And uh, the, the, the last player that had to make my favourite 11, and only because he was my last out-and-out favourite Ipswich player, because I started getting upset. Every time I had an out-and-out favourite player, they left. You know, I'm talk I go back to the days of John Wart, Paul Mariner, Terry Butcher. They they were like my free free out and out favourite players. But once I started to really fall in love with them, they left. And as a 14, 15, 16 year old as I got to by the time Butcher left, I you know, I thought I'm too old to start or, or to keep crying as these players leave. <laughs> so Kevin Wilson, he became oh, a favourite of mine. Yeah. Forty nine goals for town. I was really into my darts. And, of course, when I heard Jockey Wilson was signing for Ipswich, I thought, well, he's a good dart player, but doesn't seem fit enough to play for Ipswich. But, yeah, I've got no real reason, mate, why he became a favourite. But he did. But once Kevin Wilson left Ipswich, I thought, that's it. I'm done with having favourite players. I'm not putting posters up on my wall anymore. I mean, no. I started having girlfriends and it was a bit embarrassing to bring them home and I've got Ipswich players on my wall. Um, <laughs> and I kind of told myself, don't get too emotionally attached to players. But, of course, Matt Holland and Marcus Stewart did change that a little bit. Mm. But, yeah, so Kevin Wilson makes my bench as well. Beautiful, beautiful reasons. Beautiful yeah. reasons, Carl, behind all this. It's lovely, wonderful. I just picture your, your, your just which picture your bedroom um, as your 50, 60-year-old, your girlfriend comes in and there's just Paul Mariners and then Arnold Murens and France Tyson's all sitting all over. It must have been, must have been wonderful. I did. But, uh, I did ask if I could get rid of them if I could keep the Kim Wilde pictures up on the other wall. Ah, well, they, they had to go as well. Again, <laughs> show me age, Kim Wilde. Kim Wilde, yeah. Okay, well, look, brilliant. Hey, we just need a manager for all these, Carl. I mean, great team, great subs. Who's your boss? There can only be one, and this was my biggest inspiration as to why I gradually fell in love with Ipswich, and um, 
I love the guy now. My granddad was from Barcelona, so I've got some Catalan blood within me. So this guy, for me, to manage Ipswich and Barcelona, uh, the hairs are starting to come up on my arms already as I speak. This guy, I talk about Butcher, Walk and Mariner, but if there's one more football person that is a level above them and absolutely grabs me in the heart, it's Sir Bobby Robson, mate. Sir Bobby Robson put Ipswich on the European map, put us on the world map. And I only met him once, and this was the mark of the man, how I actually shook hands with him and still haven't washed my hands to that day, since that day. This was when he was manager of Newcastle, and after the game, I took my boys round the back to uh, get some autographs. One of my boys said, blimey, look, there's Alan Shearer. So I said, well, go and get your programme signed. So he went and got his programme signed by Alan Shearer. And as we were walking away, I said, oh, my God. And my boys looked at me and they said, what? I said, look who's coming. And they said, who? I said, Bobby Robson. And they were like, who? Yeah. You know, they were only six, seven, eight, whatever. And I, I got a feeling of why the women used to scream so much around the Beatles. Not that I wanted to scream in front of Bobby Robson, but I did start to quiver a little bit. And he was walking towards me. So I, I, I approached him because I wanted to shake his hand and thank him for what he did for Ipswich. And the two stewards who were escorting him back to the Newcastle coach said, no, sorry, he hasn't got time, you know, and kind of waved me off, dismissed me. Bobby Robson stopped and said, no, no, this is fine, no problem. So he stepped forward and said, hello, son. I said, Bobby, and put my hand out and he shook it. I said, what a pleasure to meet you. And all I can say, Bobby, is thank you so much for what you've done for Ipswich Town, putting us on the map and what you have done. I'll, I'll grow old never forgetting that and he said son it's for people like you the fans of this wonderful football club it was my absolute pleasure and that was it and off he went that is and that is that is lovely carl i mean and that is that is lovely and and, and you know the ipswich town of today i noticed a picture of kieran mckenna sitting in his office with a picture of bobby robson in the background you know um bobby robson will be over this club forever um, because they're, you know, we, we, Ipswich Town, I know Sir Alf was fantastic as well. Sir Alf and what he did winning the league, but Bobby kept it going for 10, 12 years. It wasn't just a, a couple of years where we, we won a couple of things, a huge thing. So, and as you say, a lovely man. What a love. So, he, well, I, so he's your boss and why not? I mean, a great story. Yeah, and as a quick side note, my family in Barcelona have got season tickets at the new Camp and we, talk football every time we meet up and we always come back to Sir Bobby Robson. 96, yeah. 97, he won three trophies, but of course he was never going to feel the boots of Johan Cruyff and Louis van Gaal was always going to come the following season from Ajax. And as much as Ipswich fans still love Bobby Robson and remember him, I know from my family, Barcelona fans never forget the season he gave them and they mm. hold him in high esteem as well. So, and I'm sure all the clubs he's been at, Fans will all say the same thing. Fantastic. Hey, Carl, it's been absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Some lovely stories of your favourite 11. Some great, some, yeah, some great stories from, from lots of individual players. And that's what it's all about, this favourite 11. As we said, it's not your best 11, it's your fav. Your fav 11. And that's a real fav 11 for you and a great manager. And even your subs, I like your subs. And, and Kevin Wilson at the end there, just because it's Kevin Wilson, that's just fantastic. And uh, good goal scorer, Kevin Wilson, by the way. He didn't slip that great. in. Said, yeah, goal 49 scorer. goals, yeah. Oh, you did say it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Anyway, hey, Kevin, it's uh, Carl, I don't even call you Kevin. Carl, it's been that's because because I, I can't see your name. You have got the fuller flavour. It's, it's thrown me completely. Um, Carl, it's been absolutely brilliant, and um, thank you ever so much for your time. I hope you've enjoyed 
uh, chatting to up myself and Ipswich fans I, about I, I have loved it. I've loved it. Thank you so much, Mike. Carl, thanks ever so much. And thank you, everybody, for listening to this KOA uh, Extra podcast on um, on favourite Levens, Ipswich Town, favourite Rims. There will be more coming out throughout the summer, so listen out for that. Um, and um, we look forward to, to bringing you another one. Thank you again, Carl, and uh, we'll speak to everyone soon. From true crime to football, Brexit to postal, more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.